It's time for the Man Up Podcast. A spiritual oasis for men. Hey, we're not pastors, just regular guys. Alrighty. So get ready for a spiritual, motivational, and fun experience as we explore issues unique to the spiritual leader in all men. Oh, yeah. Get ready to Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. Uh, <clears throat> this is podcast number 50. Yeah, wait, wait. Wow. We're, we were going to have big balloons and stuff here uh, for a big celebration, but well, you know, we're guys, so uh, so we didn't. And uh, But we're glad you're here, and where is here? We're he- here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, so Say you have a globe out there and you spin that around and you put your finger on there and bang, oh, you're in a place that's blue. Turns out it's the Gulf of Mexico. You're a little bit south of where we're at. Just go north to Texas, second largest state in the Union. Down the southeast corner is Houston. Southwest side of that is Sugarland, and that's where you're at. This is the Man Up Podcast. Like we said before, this is number 50. And what this is, it's a spiritual oasis for men. It's an opportunity for men to come together to search the scriptures and apply just regular guys sharing, we're not pastors, about what the scriptures means to us in our everyday walk and in the leadership of our faith, our family, our work. And we do that every Sunday at the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class here at Sugarland Baptist Church. And if you're in the every, ever in the area, make sure you stop by. And then what we also do is we have a Man Up page, Man-Up, on Facebook. We also are on iTunes or we're on SoundCloud, too. And what we do is we go over the lesson that we've did on Sunday in this podcast on Wednesday with a panel discussion with an outstanding group of guys. We are in a study called Six Battles That Every Man Must Win by Mr. Bill Perkins and Kyle Trahan has been moderating and leading us through this study and it's been outstanding. And tonight's panel is, I'll go ahead and I'll introduce them and then I'll have them introduce themselves so you can hear their voice and recognize them and talk a little bit about the lesson and then we'll get right into it. And tonight's panel uh, consists of, he's, we, we call him the class intellectual. He's a policy writer, professional policy writer, as well as a little bit of a professional gambler too. He's Mr. Steve Titch and he's back here with us. Also, leading us in this this study, uh, he's an insurance guy, but he's also our class deacon. A great guy, Mr. Kyle Trahan. And my name is Bill Cox. I am the director, kind of a sales guy, but I'm also a a writer and actor. So I'm here as the host of the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship. And so without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open this up for the study that we have coming from the book, Six Battles Every Man Must Win, and I'll go ahead and <clears throat> let Mr. Kyle Trahan uh, set the stage for us. 
Well, good evening, or yeah, I guess the evening is right. Um, as Bill said, we are doing a uh, lesson here from Six Battles Every Man Must Win. Um, as far as those battles themselves, we are in battle number four. Uh, we've gone through fighting for your identity, uh, your personal holiness, fighting for your family, and now we're in fight through the pain. Um, so a little bit different than what you may think of initially with pain. It's not an actual physical thing, um, at least not initially anyway, could be. Um, but it is uh, fighting through when life gets tough and keeping yourself holy and keeping yourself out of situations that are harmful. Excellent. And Mr. Steve Titch. Um, this is this was actually one of the longer chapters in the book. And uh, it's interesting because as men, we're um, taught from, from almost the point we're boys. You're playing sports, you're, you're supposed to suck it up. You're, you're not supposed to give in to your pain. And as we get older, that, that I think that turns into denial of pain, which I think is, is, is what the author really talks about is the most harmful. Um, because he talks about confronting it because denial makes you vulnerable. You start looking for other ways to medicate it to keep the, to keep the analogy going. And, and those can be unhealthy, and it's much more healthy for you uh, not to deny the pain, but to confront it and, exa and fight through it. And um, We're talking to someone speaking of fighting through pain of who spent the last six months recovering from a, a couple of broken, you know, broken thigh and a shattered elbow. Uh, so it is some physical pain here right, to fight right, through. Right. But yes, this is about emotional pain. Oh, and you know, just want to make sure that all of you guys out there know that we have an open door policy here at Man Up for the podcast. And none other than coming through our open door is Mr. Michael Cropper. And, uh, <laughs> oh, he looks... It's a good thing this is audio because he's dressed up as if he's ready to give someone the electric chair today. So, uh, he is a, an attorney. Uh, he's a, also a prosecutor, though. We call him the judge. And uh, this is Mr. Michael Cropper. Hello, Bill. Hello, Hello Steve. Hello, Kyle. Hello, world. Did you want me to say something? Is that what you're Well, what we're going to do is, uh, while you're getting ready and warming up the seat, uh, we're just talking a little bit, giving a brief overview of uh, chapter, uh, num battle number four, chapter which is, seven. is chapter seven, uh, fighting through the pain. <clears throat> And just wanted to know if you wanted to just give a quick overview before we turn it over to Kyle and let him uh, start leading us through it. Sure. I, my, uh, I, I couldn't miss this class because right. it deals with struggles that men deal with. And uh, the author brings it out. Uh, that he calls fighting through pain. And we talked about this in class Sunday. And uh, to me, it's fighting through a weakness because Satan knows your weaknesses and and he tempts you in your weaknesses. And so while, while the author calls it pain, I call it weakness. So I, I, yeah. I like this chapter because yeah. we all can identify with it and we all talk about how we deal with it. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Uh, Kyle. Um, you know, so we broke this, <clears throat> excuse me, this chapter uh, number seven into two parts. <clears throat> As Steve said, it's one of the longer uh, chapters in the, uh, in the book. And so it is a little bit different, you know. Um, if you've read the 
the book, it basically to me is talking about temptation, you know, uh, in all roots of it. Um, and then several forms of that, you know, but for most men, I think it comes down to sex a lot for the temptation thereof. You know, um, you can get anything you want anywhere. That goes from sex, drugs, or anything else. You know, we live in a very cool country, but because we do live here, there's a lot of things available to us um, that aren't available everywhere. You know, um, <clears throat> so, you know, the book, the author kind of starts this chapter and he's talking about a situation um, where he lives. It was at night, uh, he and his wife were in bed, and uh, he had to get up in the middle of the night because they're in a drought wherever he's living. And uh, they're only allowed to water their lawn during certain times of the night. And uh, so he gets up to turn on a sprinkler and uh, takes a little while to come back to bed. And so he comes back to bed and uh, his wife says, well, you know, hey, what took you so long? You know, just expect him. You turn the nozzle on the hose and you're hopping right back into bed. And uh, he says, well, uh, what did he say? The neighbor next door. Well, yeah, but uh, <clears throat> so he says, I contemplated how to answer that. I decided to be straightforward. It was the naked girl next door. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that, if you're married at all, you know your wife will sit straight up in bed, <laughs> as his did, flip on the light and say, what the hell does that mean? Uh, so what had happened is, is he went down and turned on the faucet for his sprinkler. Uh, the lights were on in the neighbor's house, so he looked through the slats. He was expecting to see the neighbors playing cards, late night uh, game, and instead there was a partially or totally naked girl sitting on the phone. Um, and uh, so he tells his wife, he says, you know, well, I successfully pried myself away from the fence, and here I am, okay? Now, he was upfront with the situation with his wife which averted a major complication because he obviously showed distress that it bothered him as much as it probably did her. Um, and he says he was quite surprised with her reaction that she was like, oh, okay, you know, and that was just about the end of it, you know. Um, it wasn't Jake from State Farm. It was not Jake from State Farm <laughs> in the khaki pants. Well, you, know? Know, you, you know, it's interesting you say he felt the stress. He felt the desire, yeah, you, and, and I said weakness of one. Temptation is the perfect word for it. He had the desire to keep looking at her, I'm sure, but he stopped and said, you know, I can't go forward with this. And this is what, what you're telling us mm -hmm. here is that, uh, I don't know, again, the, the author calls this pain, and I call this is dealing with your temptation. And God created men to have that desire to look at women. Now, it's whether you control it or not. First thing with Adam and Eve, God created Eve, and Adam saw that she was beautiful. So, again, it, we're going to get confronted with this everywhere. In the grocery store, women with shorts on, you name it, everywhere, the temptation is going to be, look, the question is, what do you do with it? Do you turn away from it? I, 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 I mean, if you don't look at them at all, praise God, you need to tell me how you're not, how you're not doing that. So I don't like doing it, but I mean, if, when one walks in front of you, and, and then... Uh, they're wearing a very low-cut top, and they're displaying themselves for you, or for men, or for somebody. Uh, and my fiance says, uh, "Mike, you're looking at her breasts." And I, I don't even know it. <laughs> 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 well, 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 
she's six two and I'm five ten. You know, right. that's pretty much. Uh, but uh, I didn't even know I was doing it. So right. yeah, I heard it. You know, your I, eyes follow this. Men, men's eyes follow, may follow certain things about women. You may not even know you're doing it. Right. Um, actually, I was uh, I was approached by somebody uh, actually here at the church uh, some some time back. Uh, she was having a similar problem with her guy. Um, and so she said, you know, hey, what do you think? What have you, you know, she was just trying to get a different perspective from another guy, you know, and I, I actually recommended this book and some other, you know, materials for him to, to review and, and go over, you know, but it is something that we don't notice that we're doing it, but I'll guarantee she does. The woman does, absolutely. The woman near you will absolutely. definitely notice if you're paying attention. Okay. There is a very fine line here for men. This is a absolute minefield uh, absolute. For, for men to walk, and and here's here's the the reason why. Because if the man does not notice or acknowledge his own wife, and you know what the effort that they have made on his behalf. He's mud, and but he's not allowed to hone his skills on other women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting way to put that. <laughs> oh man, that's... And, and what skills are we talking about here? Uh, skills of observation. Okay, there you go. You know, but uh, and and. The, but the thing about it is also it's it's all about culture because and the competition among not only the sexes but uh, between people in the sexes for example women it's proven in a study don't dress dress up necessarily for men they dress up for them. other women, yeah. For them or other women, women. for exactly, exactly. And, you know, and yeah. it and it is an absolute competition. Yes. And so when you're out there, you have to understand what role you are playing in that competition that the women are having, and that to me is the real minefield for men mm -hmm. to have. And we see it here, in, even in church, don't we? It's not like it's it's devoured from the church and everybody keeps it out. Mm -hmm. No, we have young people who will dress provocatively. Oh, young people! <laughs> not only young people, absolutely. Uh, we had we had some money uh, this past Sunday, and of course we we said it in church, or, you know, in this class, and uh, one of the other guys here on Sunday, you know, uh, said the same thing. That's there was some younger ladies dressed very provocatively um, walking around downstairs and mm -hmm. I'm talking with a couple of guys and some of those heads turned and stayed, <laughs> it stayed. and right. which surprised me because of who they were okay sure. right. just knowing the person mm -hmm. I didn't expect that okay but he yeah. talks the author talks about similar things you know as well as approaching different people and finding out an answer that he didn't expect. You know. yes. He he handles this well. I mean, he handles this well about as well as you, you can. I mean, he admits he looked. 
And right. he kind of said, well, he kind of puts it on you and saying, would you? But he goes up, he goes back, he pulls himself away, like he said. He goes up and tells his wife about it. And that diffuses a lot. Because first of all, he's not like keeping a secret, oh. And he's mm -hmm. not like he's going to get up every now, I'm going to set the alarm. Oh, i got to go turn the printer <laughs> off. And, and I'm sure, right. I'm sure they had a laugh about it. I mean, I kind of, kind of, I, I, nothing, nothing as this extreme has happened, but, you know, I've been caught, or, you know, there'll be, there'll be a young lady walking along who's dressed provocatively, and my wife will be there. We'll look, kind of in the end laugh about it, because she'll know, I, she, she knows that any guy's going to look. And well, gee, he's looking, but he's not. He's he's still my husband, and he's and he knows that. And he's and and um, so they I, they they handle it well. It's of course what happens when instead you like you 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 do set your alarm and you do go back yeah. every night and see if this is going on. And the next thing you know, you're knocking on the door, or sending text messages. You got some sugar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but he talks about. He talks, I don't know if you want to get into it, but yeah, and that's, that whole cycle begins. But but I'll I'll let you know. We'll, we'll, well he that said that he saw her. He was turning on the hose. He saw her. I just saw her, and he admitted that to his wife. Wife says okay. What he didn't say, I dug through the bushes. I took a piece of the fence off. Then I got my telescope. <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't say that. But his wife. Yes. It could have been twenty minutes if we didn't ask his wife. Right. That's right. And hold on, I got to go out and check the water. You know, but you know, some of the temptation or or whatever. It, it comes down to the lust factor, mm -hmm. you know, uh, looking at a pretty lady as she walks by, that's one thing. It's how long do you linger there or are you actually lusting after her or whatever. I think there's a difference between being appreciative with a look and creepy with a look. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is part, of, that is an important thing that men, particularly religious men, need to learn how to do. And that is the difference. And you know, I just want to make sure everybody knows that we have an open door policy here. And the door was open and we got an attorney in here and I thought it'd get better. I thought that was it. But we got the professor here instead. And uh, so welcome Robert Koshu. And of course what we're talking about is uh, battle number four. Four, and uh, talking about temptation or pain, um, my uh, and what we were just talking about is lust, and um, the point that I brought up uh, is the fact that women oftentimes are in competition with other women when they dress up, so and they're. Let's at, go a little further. At, they have. Breast augmentation. Absolutely. And That's when they're out in public and that you're out there as a man, competing. it's competition. And we think it's for men. That's right. And and that that's the look, like what Kyle was talking about. Uh, men have to be careful about lusting, okay? And But whereas me, I feel that men have to learn the difference between the appreciative mm 
the lustful and the creepy look. Well, I, 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 there's that, but but and, and I'll, I'll take it a step further than both these guys evidently did. It's it's also to the point now, and I think Steve, you mentioned it, that what used to be the extreme is mainstream. And I think you talked about that mm-hmm. in one of the other, mm-hmm. right, one podcast. of the other podcasts. And I remember my wife and I, when our oldest son was getting ready to start dating, and he may have been like 13, 14, and I took both the kids, and we went and saw some movie. I cannot remember for the life of me what the movie was at this point. And we're getting ready to go into the movie, and this girl bounces out of the concession stand. If she was 12, I was lucky by age. She had on a crop top, super short shorts, little bucket hat, and her navel was pierced. And I was just like, you're 12, what the? And, and I looked at my wife and I said, okay, you and I, as a, as a married man and wife, we're going to draw a line in the sand at this moment. That when our children start dating, as long as they are in high school, if a girl shows up dressed to that extent at our house for our children to go out with, that we are going to go to her parents' house first and start the conversation with, did you know she was dressed like that? Absolutely. That's a very because I know girls go in yeah, high clothes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, right. And if the answer is, well, yeah, we learned dressed like that, whatever, then my answer was going to be, look, I'm raising my children to be good, strong Christian men to the best of my ability. And, and I would just throw it out there. I let both my children know that if they ever pulled up to a girl's driveway and blew the horn for the girl to come out, that the girl's father was going to be the least of their worries if I found out about it. <laughs> so yeah. it, I'm equal opportunity here. And if the answer was, well, yeah, we learn just like that all the time, then let, let me explain something to you. He is a 16-year-old hormone-crazed boy. All men to a certain degree are, we are wired for this. This is, this is called procreation of the species, boys and girls, and we're supposed right. to be that way. That's right. At 16... That's right and so on, that is when it is the highest extreme of that piece. And if you're going to allow your daughter to dress like that and they're going to go together, as much as I'm trying to say, look, you got to, there's only so much I could do at this point. And I think it goes back to the culture because when you're fighting temptation, you're not only fighting your temptation, you know, looking, like you said, Bill, the creepy look, the creepy look versus the and then you're talking right. about right, and then you're talking about the competition, and not totally sure what you said, Kyle, but I, I kind of get the gist that there is no more filter on society to help us with this either, as men. In other mm-hmm. words, it, it used to be if you wanted to have the dirty magazine, we had it under our mattresses, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. we prayed to God, Mom never decided to flip the mattress, mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Now. It's right on the phone. It's <laughs> on my phone, which is 24-7. You know, well, Robert, we also see it in the church. We were just talking about that right before you came in the door. Uh, 
I mean, it's come into the church. My, my, my wife, there are times I've had to look at my wife and go, shh, honey. Because <laughs> she's sitting yeah. there looking. What, you know. what, I, what I do look like about the book, about what Perkins says, and this is where I think it's really important, right? because I've heard some, some distressing things around the hall of this, halls of this church at times, that it's... The man's response, it's yes. your responsibility to deal with this. Yes. I, I, I'll go, I heard Absolutely. last year, now this is a big Baylor school, and this is a big Baylor church, we're in Texas, a lot of people are Baylor alums. And the and things I heard, and football is the king. things I heard said about the 52 women who were raped, that somehow, from, from educated college master's degree men with daughters appalled me that there was no that they refused to see any responsibility that these young men had for that this was all and 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 and, and thankfully it wasn't everyone but that is really the other thing in this that you that there is a heck of a lot of things out there a heck of a lot of forces out there there are women themselves who don't understand the power they wield but the 12 year old Oh. Doesn't know at all. She, that, it, it's it's like the same thing. Are you going to give an eleven-year-old a rifle? No. And, and just say here. And, yeah, and I'm not right, saying without and, and, education. And, and, and without yeah. without education. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a, there's immense power. And, and I'm going to talk. I'm talk not to not to anyway. There is immense power in female sexuality. There are kid where there are women out there who are too young to understand that. But. That's why it's important for men, young to old, that they are responsible for understanding this well, and for, for setting boundaries around themselves. Because at the end of the day, there's no, she made me do it. No, agreed. And, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it to this based on the conversation that I kind of started here with this. The other part of it is, and I think this is the most important part, and you said it, sometimes the best way to wage the battle is to not fight the battle. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is the battle. So when you are out with a girl, you know, I'll, I'll talk mm -hmm. to all of our young single men for just a moment. What boundaries do you put on yourself? Are you, mm -hmm. are you allowed to be in her home with no one else present with you? You know, are you mm -hmm. allowed to watch movies with no one around with the lights turned off? Uh, it, 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 you, you have to make those decisions before you get to the point where you're making those yeah. mm -hmm. decisions. Because if, if you're trying to make the decision in the middle of it, um, yeah, I'm married, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, uh, it, 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 it's not. And it, it's deciding, and I think this is, you know, the way to wage this, the best way to wage this battle is to not, not engage in it. That the battle occur, mm -hmm. the battle doesn't occur when you've got your phone turned on on the website typing in the search. The battle mm -hmm. occurs before you type the search in. Oh yeah. And you have to win the battle mm -hmm. yeah. there and wage the battle there. Yeah, you have to start it there. Yeah, no, absolutely. He he no. touches on this. I mean, he does more at the time. He mentions it as I should. He mentions it as a strategy that yeah. plan your. Plan your resistance when you're strongest, yes. mm -hmm. because you won't 
or else you will not be able to handle it when you're weak. Well, that's why you'll see I, I, an I, alcoholic I, pouring out their liquor mm -hmm. down the drain when they're sober one yes. morning. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. pouring all the bottles out. Mm -hmm. They're strongest then. That's they're waking right. up with a hangover and go, I never want this <laughs> yes. again, until later that night when they forgot about that extra <laughs> bottle and they grab yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. And they tried to fight it when they were at their strongest. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know when we're all alone as well is usually when that battle, you know, takes well, place. When we're talking about the sex, talking about drugs or something mm -hmm. that may happen, you know, around other people. But yeah, we always have to remind ourselves that God is watching. Right. You know, we are not the only mm -hmm. one in the room. We may physically, humanly, be the only person in the room. Well, but God's and, there watching. And I, I think it's that, Kyle, but it's also, it, it's not just when we're alone, it's for men in particular, in particular, type A busy men. It's when we slow down. Mm. It's yeah. not yeah. as much when we're alone, right. but when we slow down. Yeah. That this becomes, the, that it can become the biggest struggle. Because you are, you're down. You're in your and and what does the culture tell you you should do? <laughs> drink, drink or hook up or they don't tell you to smoke anymore because the yes. cigarette yeah. advertising right. is outlawed or whatever. Right. Right. But they would still tell you to smoke as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's but it's it, right there and it's so easy and it's it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. You turn, mm -hmm. you flip on the TV, and as you said, they're pushing boundaries of what you deem acceptable today. You know, um, I remember back in the day, the uh, first lesbian kiss thing on TV was on Allie McBeal, a bunch of crazy attorneys, if I remember right. <laughs> you know, you guys have that in your current work environment, you know. But, you know, it's it's way past that now. Okay, that was 20-something years yeah, ago. Not even 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I never, Maybe it was 20 years ago. I never really watched the show, but I remember... I remember that so, being one of the ones that really pushed yeah. the thing, um, and, and it's everywhere, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, bisexual or gay or, you know, just regular man and, you know, man and woman, uh, it's what we see on TV is so far past what should be typically acceptable. Well, it influences, doesn't it? Oh, it wears down, like it wears you down as far as... Look at influences mm -hmm. our mind so like you said and Rob start be careful what you choose you're going to watch mm -hmm. I mean go that far as to prepare yourself right. and don't catch yourself watching movies where they do get naked and, and, and get undressed I say very casual undressed yeah. avoid the movies well it depends how it, I mean there are there are there are films about bonafide human relationships that deal with sexuality so we, we can't, you, you have to be discerning about it. And I mean, some people, I mean, if, if, if it, it comes down to the individual um, and, you know, what, what might, um, certainly you've got to be aware of, well, is the message of this film that adultery or having an affair to, to, to uh, is a good idea or is it a movie about somebody who has an affair and there are all sorts of consequences to that 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 either break him down as a person or that he has to come back from and those are those are to me important stories again you know you can and, and sometimes you know it's up to the way how, how it's up to a matter of taste of how 
you know, if, if that's chosen to be explicitly, how explicitly that's being presented. So I'm defending, I'm defending the right of, of creators here. Um, and, um, and there are, there are lesbian relationships out there. There are, there are, um, there are gay relationships out there and they are real. Um, so I do not see necessarily a problem of being being presented. We're getting a little off topic here, but I but I what I I think this is still about. It's about managing your own managing your let's about managing your own pain, and or you know I should say confronting your own pain. And the the, the problem with this is that uh, you start turning to pornography, or you start turning to. Uh, to excessive fantasizing, or just thinking too much about other things when you should be thinking about your wife and family, that it begins to get in the way, and you're and and the motivation or the reason that's happening is because you're not confronting real other problems in your life. You're doing it to escape. Um, I'm and and he does. We should talk about the the, the three. He talks about the three. He identifies the the, the three landmarks. Call them? The landmarks. landmarks. That yeah. really, that probably one of them, he challenges real, one of these probably really lies at the root of your pain. And it's where it, it's where it has to and confront that and maybe some of this other stuff will, 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 will be able to be, the, the, the symptoms, the, either be it a porn addiction, be it a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, uh, um, a, a distancing away from other people, that's if, if you know that's all symptomatic of a bigger problem that um, that's that's spiritual and needs to be confronted. Um, <clears throat> he went on in the book and he talked about uh, one of the uh, one of the mighty men once again going back to David and uh, the point behind it is is refusing to run to stand and fight through the pain to acknowledge it. To embrace it, if you will, in my thing. To not hide it. To not hide it, and to man up. You know, it's there. Deal with it. You know. Um, so he talked about Eleazar, uh, which is in Second Samuel twenty-three, uh, nine and ten. Which I actually have that here. Do, 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 do. Um, next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai the. Oh, whatever. I hate those names. Uh, as one of the might, three mighty men warriors, he was with David uh, when they taunted the Philistines gathering at Pasdamens uh, for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hands grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, uh, but only to strip the dead. So everybody was retreating and he decided to stay and fight um, and he struck down so many people that his hand started to stick to the sword um, that's, that's a lot of blood that's a lot of sticking to your ground too because that actually means that he struck down so many that the blood coagulated around his hand <laughs> as he was still fighting. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, actually. You know, but when we're in a defeat or, you know, we're at the end of a battle that we're not winning, you know, we tend to find ourselves at that lowest point and do want to do the same as, as the Israelites and retreat. Let me run the heck away because it's easier. 
you know, simply easier to run than to deal in a lot of cases, you know. Um, that's well, that's kind of about what this uh, podcast and this class is about, and it's called Man Up. Stop it. Stop fleeing. If you absolutely believe in something and you believe in it a lot, fight for it. Come on. It's what you believe. It's you. It's what defines you as a man. And, and it's also just taking responsibility for it. Absolutely. Just staring it in the face, taking responsibility, and then fighting it. Instead right. of hiding mm-hmm. it with pain, you know, giving in, you know, taking the taking what is the easy way out, because A, it is the easy way, and B, it's because the world says you should take the easy <laughs> way out. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and recognizing that you can take the easy way or you can choose to fight it through. And fighting it through is one of those things where that's really what we're called to do as Christians. It's to sit there and just fight it out. Right. Absolutely. And it's easy to be a success in life. Because once you're successful, you can put it on autopilot. However, if you fail and yet continue to work to try to succeed, that is when real growth and development happens in a man. Taking a problem, confronting it. And I think this precarious situation that men are in because of things like the Me Too movement is brought more and more uh, of a spotlight on interpersonal relationships and the men's role in it that we have to be more cognizant about it and about our role in it and being and not being swept up in the moment but like uh, the fellows have all said you need to think about this before you get involved in it and think about the repercussions because it's not good and innocent uh, like it had been uh, in the past. I don't want to characterize it that necessarily the good old days, but it's a bit more of a litigious society uh, and what makes it worse is the availability of the temptation was not there previously so it was it was a lot easier to keep away from however now that the temptation is so much more readily available we are charged with being a lot more responsible for ourselves well we have to remember that you know we we've said it tonight that you know it's at our lowest point but it's also at our highest point that we're under attack from Satan. You know, it's when everything is clicking right along. Is that when Satan's happiest? Heck no. He doesn't want you there. He wants you as low as he can get you. So, you know, when you are, everything's clicking and you're on autopilot. It's also when we have to stay as just as diligent as when we're in the, the valleys, you know, uh, to make sure that we don't fall into where we shouldn't. You know, and, but most sinful thoughts and actions tend to follow a pattern. You know, 
Um, and then the author kind of brings it back. Actually, before we go on to that, you gave the old Boy Scout analogy for, you know, when you're having troubles. Um, <clears throat> so don't panic. Stop what you're doing. That's a key one right there. Uh, sit down and calm yourself. Look for landmarks and follow trails, you know. Um, and in this one, he alludes to the first three, which is don't panic, stop what you're doing, and sit down and calm yourself. They're the three most important here. But then he also goes into uh, three landmarks that he identifies uh, for us as far as, uh, you know, some trouble areas that you can find yourself in. So that first one, he says, is under lost opportunities. You know, uh, maybe you missed out on a good deal and you just can't seem to let yourself off the hook. You know, self-blame and, you know, everything is one of the things that turmoils most people is they can't release themselves of their own guilt for whatever that is, you know. Um, so they look to fill whatever void from that lost opportunity with sin, whatever their choice of that is, you know. Um, there's a lot of opportunities in the Bible that, uh, you know, can be referenced out. Abraham uh, slept with Hagar, losing the opportunity to have his first kid with Sarah. Um, you know, Esau lost his inheritance. You know, sold his birthright for stew and bread. That seemed like a good one. What were you saying? Uh, I was just going to mention that it's not always about lust and temptation. The opportunity there was with Abraham and Sarah. They knew that God had told them He was going to present them with a child, right? Mm -hmm. And they were impatient and did not wait until the opportunity came from God. Sometimes, sometimes while we're talking, what most often we see and experience every day, um, it's often other things as well. And that's simply uh, maybe you know you're supposed to do a good job at work one day and you cut the edges short or you cut your job short and do everything you know you should be doing for it. And it may come to harm you later on in the future, and that doesn't have anything to do with lust or or anything. But you're, you've you've not taken the time to do the job you know you need to do in your heart, and, uh, because you're representing God in everything you do and all our work, right? Right. And that's well, important. Doing what you know you're supposed to do, like Moses, you know, Perfect struck example. struck the right the rock instead of speaking to it. What he do? Lost the opportunity to go in the promised land. He yeah. led the people out of Egypt and didn't even get to see the promised land. Saw it, but can't touch it. <laughs> yeah. You can see it, and here it is. Nope, not for you. you know, all in one moment, right? All in one moment of stupidity. Is what I'm going to call that for him. But on that he day. accepted it. In a way, by well, the he point, didn't accept it you know, he knew it, and he didn't dwell on it. I mean, he, he accepted it and was happy for his people, but. Um, you know, we, we, it's clear, well, it's not recorded that he, for after that, he went around grumpy, oh, I blew it. He didn't, he didn't relive that moment time and time again. <laughs> and, and I mean, as so many people, as so only men do. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to throw that out. He was too busy. You know, we, we've talked a lot about getting distracted and down at the bottom of the barrel, at our low points, at parts like that tonight, there's another place where we can fall into it mm -hmm. and fight it. When we know we failed, and it's easy to fall into 
the pain and the temptation. Oh, absolutely. Because we feel like... We feel we sorry for ourselves. Well, we feel sorry for ourselves when we figure, what the heck? Right. I'm already, I'm already down the rabbit hole. Why right? not? Why not? Exactly. And, and every... I, I, I only thought of it now, but years ago, the Wall Street Journal, I think, ran the article. They did a... They looked at like every major CEO at the time, like Fortune, and for every Fortune, not everybody, but a, a whole bunch of Fortune 50, and they found out most of them at some point in their careers had been fired. Yep. Um, from probably a CEO or a C-level job. And yet there they were, you know, and, 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 and so everyone, even at the top you deal, they've obviously dealt with failure and rejection now, um, and, um, so failure is going to come your way, one way or another, either either because of maybe your own your own screw up or because you know somebody has it in for you. But nonetheless, so so on the the, the thing is again how how are you how are you going to confront that? You know, uh, like I brought up in this class, and it's funny that you brought up. Obviously, you're an intellectual. I'm going to bring up a. Uh, a farm example, you know. I mean, and you know, it's amazing the the difference in the opinions and where they come from in this uh, group. And <clears throat> like I brought up in the class, I brought up the bell curve. If you want to kill anything, you take it to an extreme. Oh, you know, one end of the bell curve. Um, take a tree, for example. The easiest way to uh, uproot a tree is either when it's really young and doesn't have a, its root developed or if it's really old and really tall it can't support itself the, when it's right in the middle of its bell curve is when it's strongest and most resilient and I think that as men we have to understand this we are in this world we're not of this world. Don't let this, what's happening around you, make you go to extremes. And back to my example, you gotta know the difference between an appreciative look and a lustful or a creepy look. The appreciative look is gonna get you labeled as a nice, harmless guy. That extra couple of seconds is going to get you labeled Dirty Old Man. Dirty Old Man. Creep. Creepy. Creep. Where's security? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> and so understand that. that. You understand the limits of what you're dealing with in your surroundings. You're not going to be able to change yourself. You're a man. However, you can be responsible and you can discipline yourself because that's what we're called to and, do. And, and I think that's the, that is the battle. The battle is the discipline. Yes. And, and, no, no question and, about it. And the preparation prior to engaging that. You know, we, we, we've talked a lot about that. and that, That's really the hardest part of this for me. Is to make those decisions ahead of time. Excellent. Uh, this is uh, podcast number fifty, and uh, one more time, going to uh, 
uh, turn it over to the fellas, let them summarize, and let Kyle give us the, uh, uh, the what, prelude of... Uh, preview. Preview of the uh, second half of this battle. Michael, would you like to go ahead and just kind of summarize uh, what you can take from this discussion? Um, I like the fact that that all of you, well, we pretty much stated we're going to face these battles. We're going to face the battle of Tintin. We're going to face, uh, the author mentions here, we may be going in it next time, I may be premature, but the author goes into the fact that we often compare ourselves with someone, another man, another male, who has made more money than us, who is in a better paying position, who is a bigger house, a nicer car, instead of looking where we are and how far God has brought us. And then we realize we're blessed. If we stop and look down below us instead of look up above us, then we will, we will uh, put life in relationship to itself and ourselves right. in relation to life. Right. Steve. Well, yeah. Interestingly enough, back in, in my class this week, we, we studied uh, Luke chapter six. Now, look in in, in Perkins' book on on page seventy seven, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. There are men. This is right. There are men, even church leaders, hooked on all sorts of sinful behaviors that they don't know how to get free of of rejection. What's more, they're afraid to mention their struggle for fear of rejection. And this is this is as men, especially churchmen, we have to. Uh, remember, and, and it's Luke 6.37, do not judge. I think there's a lot of fear, um, even in, in, in ABFs such as ours and, and others, nobody you know, wants to say, gee, I'm, uh, this is my problem, this is the thorn in my side, because they're afraid about, <gasps> you... <laughs> Right. You, I always because they know they're they might have a right. they, they they haven't you know an image and a reputation to protect and they're afraid of dropping that and 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 that that rejection and so so uh, but that of course is a block to accountability and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that uh, next week the ability to turn to friends and 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 have them be quote unquote accountability partners uh, but I think it it. Part of this is is in in being a good man, a fellow man, a good fighter, a co-fighter is the ability to suspend judgment, which is hard. Um, uh, but you know, right after that comes the famous uh, famous Bible uh, line that Jesus said, you know, take you know take care of the plank in your own eye before you try to take out the little speck of sawdust in your your neighbor's. Uh, so that's, I think, part of it, and, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to next week because there's more, a lot more to discuss out of this chapter. Professor, yeah. choose your battle. You know, make make your battle decisions. Plan plan your battle before you get in. You know, I, I really think that that's when you're looking at this particular subject in particular, making those decisions before you get into that position is the most critical thing you're going to do. Excellent, excellent. Deacon Kyle. You know, as warriors that we're supposed to be here for Christ, you know, we have to identify the areas in your own life, you know, where you're tempted to sin. You know, because for each one of us, that's a different place, different threshold, different area, different, 
Maybe it's your failure, maybe it's your triumph, who knows, whatever. You know, you can say, oh, you know, today was a great day, I had a lot of sales, let's open a bottle of wine. Maybe that's your vice, whatever, okay? Um, we gotta remember that even the mightiest of men, King David, man after God's own heart, <laughs> failed to his own base desires. You know, In this particular area, Specifically. Yes. Yes. In this you know, particular area, you know, specifically. Yeah. I mean, he committed adultery, conspired to kill a guy. I mean, you know, he he did everything wrong. I mean, that's a couple of them on the ten, right there. You know, he had eight wives, including Bathsheba. Why did he have to have another? You know, he paid uh, severely for it too. Yeah. What you said oh, yeah. too. Plan your battles. Look ahead what it's going to cost you. Right. You brought something so good. It cost David later. He lost children. Right. right. They raped. One was raped. The daughter was raped. Another one was killed trying to take him. In fact, two were killed. And there are consequences to it if you, if you give it your weakness. So next week we'll finish up the other half of uh, Chapter 7, Battle Number 4, uh, pages 90 through 97. Uh, we're going to go over kind of the temptation cycle and some of the triggers and, you know, some of the things to hopefully be aware of to keep you out of trouble. Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> and on behalf of uh, Man Up, my name is Bill Cox. You can find us on Facebook under Man-Up. You can post a question and we will address it here on the Man Up Podcast. Man Up Podcast is available on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. We invite each of you to get involved in a Bible-based church and get in a men's-only adult Bible fellowship. And if there isn't one, start one. My name is Bill Cox. We're from Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. If you're ever in this area, please stop by. This has been Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.